Episode 99. Man, you guys think Joe's as happy as it says he is just doing all that desk work? No way. He's just putting lipstick on a pig. This is called Crimson Sky. What do you think? Mmm. Harold? Get this off of me! What are you doing in the women's department? Uh, waiting for you. Well, I'm ready. Let's go. Who are you? Doing really well. Glad to be back. I wish I had higher hopes about the uh, the pod, but it's good to just be back talking to you about Manchester United. It's good to finally be talking about an actual real regular season game that we played. So uh, good to be back. Well, EC, as we know, the summer's over. So we're back to doing our business week at a time, week at a time. And unfortunately, we have to talk about a match this week. Uh, and EC... I'm, you know, I'm uh, among between you and my, you and I, I'm the pessimist of the group. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm the glass half yeah. empty kind of guy. Or is that is that how you want to call me? That's fair. So when I was kind of excited going into this season, due to the fact that you know we got a new coach, obviously the transfer market hasn't gone the way it's been. I was I was a little jazzed, you know, for. Uh, waking up at a uh, 7:30 on a Sunday morning Central Standard Time in the United States after a very long night we had a we stayed at we had a fish a boil or, I'm sorry shrimp boil at a buddy's house uh, so I didn't get home to like 1:30 ish so by the time I got took a shower and you know just wind down it was like around 2:30 so think about you know five and a five hours you know sleep getting up didn't want to reluctantly. I slayed in the bed for about 20, 10, 15 minutes. Laid in the bed. I'm like, dude, I could just, re- I just watch it, just record it, and see it, you know, later. Just listen, look at Facebook, and they'll tell me what happened. But no, as a true United fan, I am a very. Uh, this is going to be a very short-lived, obviously. Um, true United fan, I am. First game of the season. I get up. I'm tired as hell, falling asleep, and then we laid the biggest egg I've ever seen, you see. I was, for being a new era of Manchester United, we've been the same Manchester United. We put the same, pretty much the same players on the pitch as we have in the past couple of, which we, you know, we haven't got rid of any players, brought in any huge players. But it seemed like we the style of play was the same style of play that we had after the first five, seven minutes, CC. Uh, Brighton took it to us, which Brighton's a tough team. Uh, look at last year. I mean, they, you know, they walloped us last year. I mean, they walloped us. You know, they, they played well against us. But the lack of enthusiasm, again, 
which I've been saying for what how many years it was at least last season the year before that it it rings true to what what we've become you know what I mean um and it pains me to say this the Manchester United is the paycheck for players uh, because the fact of we can't attract and it goes to show in the transfer market we can't attract ta- young hungry talent and unfortunately it was the new players that were probably Martinez and Erickson in which Erickson is not even a new player I mean he's been in the Premier League I don't know many years he's old compared to football age I mean he's not Ronaldo old but he's he's up there they're the only ones that seem like they had some sort of bite some sort of tenacity and it was just the same old United some players that I thought that you know like De Gea I thought that he would um have some you know some sort of grit laid an egg obviously Bruno was Bruno um I don't know you see I just this game was so disappointing I don't even I know we play Brentford at on Saturday at 1130 <laughs> You know, do, do I cut the grass during that time? I mean, do I do I do you know? Do I deviate from my schedule just to watch Brentford on NBC? Which technically that's a prime time game, right? You know, you're the lone game on NBC. Do I just figure out something else to do? Maybe go play a round of golf. I mean, I don't know. You see, do am I? I'm not really. I'm not really enthused about what happened uh, on Sunday, and then what's going to happen when we play Brentford on Saturday. Talk me off a ledge. I know I've said that many times, but talk me off a ledge, you see. But I think I think the main thing for everybody to focus on for me is that, you know, this is this is game one of a rebuild. I think he came here to start things over for us. I think he came here to kind of see what he has. Um, you know, the trans- transfer market is not going well. And to your point, exactly, I think people like yourself like myself we're starting to realize that you know this is who we are we're a europa league side who are unable to attract um you know the the likes of holland you know the 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 likes of frankie de young you know kids who are in their prime and ready to go we're not that club right now now that being said i honestly think if you're looking at the game that we just played you're, you're you're looking at a brentford side who is well coached, Brighton, Graham Carter, Brighton, Brighton, yeah, Brighton, sorry, well coached. Graham knows what he's doing. He's had those kids for I don't know three years, uh, four years. Um, so it's not a project for him. They're well drilled, know what they want to do, and they went out and they did that. Um, on the flip side, you have a United team who have been running four two three one for the past I want to say three to maybe four seasons. We ran out with four three three with Erickson as the false nine. So I'm not I, I'm not in the camp of, you know, oh my God, I think I think Erickson Ha had to see what he's working with. He sees that. He's someone who said this is the type of player that I want. He's got he's went out and got Malasia. He wants Frankie Young. I don't think that he's in the mood to uh, mess around about who he wants to get. It's gonna be difficult. I think fans have to, and I and I hate to, to kind of gauge and put a barometer of us as Liverpool. But again, I go back to when when Klopp started, and I said this about um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he first came in. You know, Klopp, Klopp 
finished the first season in, at Liverpool in eighth place, and people were pissed. And he said he wanted certain players, and the board wasn't really budging because they said that they had players in mind. Two of those players were Mane and Salah, and they went and got those two players. So I think ultimately, if you look at things from the perspective of project as opposed to finished product, which is what Liverpool are now, which is what City are now, because, again, Pep Guardiola came in and he took people out of the club that he didn't want. He took the goalkeeper who everyone loved out of the club. It takes time. So I know that it's fr- – listen, I'm, there is no person on earth who's going to sit here and say there were great signs from that game. There were zero, in my opinion. Erickson was probably the best player on the pitch for us. But I do think that we have to give him time, which he may not have. If we're being honest, he may not have that time mm-hmm. because he may say to himself, I want this player. I want this player and is not willing to do what's, I think, a little bit more risky. I think you've said it. I know I, it's a it's a mate. My wife said the exact same thing you said, which is intriguing. Why don't you just if you can't get the players that you want, why don't you just give the kids a chance? I disagreed with you. I disagree with her. But I think if if I'm looking at it from Eric Ten Ha's standpoint, I know he signed a four-year deal or a five-year deal, but if he runs off a, a season where we finish tenth, he's gonna get he's gonna get fired. That's the reality of the situation, and I think that's why he's going for more veteran guys in the in in, in Rabio and and, and Arnautovic. So I don't like the way it started, but it's the first game, it's the first taste of the Premier League. It's a very tough side that he played. And I'm going to tell you something. Brentford, my, my son called me and he laughed at me because we lost. He was talking crap, which I love. But his 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 side, Leicester, played Brentford. And they drew 2-2. Two to two. So I'm, I'm going to tell you guys again, this, this week's going to be harder than last week was. Because they're a very tough side. They're very well coached. And we're still trying to find ourselves. So I'm not happy. At, by any stretch of the imagination, I'm not sitting here saying that was that was a great, you know, start. And I could see a, a progress of this because I've never seen Bruno on the left hand side of a four three three. I've never seen Scott and Fred play in the midfield of a four three three. That's not what they're built to do, in my humble opinion. So Erickson up front, that's not normal. You know, the the other two players, Rashford and Sancho, no excuse. But a lot of those guys playing in different positions and, and what I think we will eventually transition to this 4-3-3, um, he's got to get his guys. And again, if he doesn't, he's the coach. He's the one in charge. He's the one that's got to go out there and charge those guys up. And then them as players have to go out there and do a job. They did none of that. I did not see, like I said, I, I think one guy could probably uh, could stand up and say, you know what, I showed up today. And that was Erickson. Everyone else... N- very, very weak performances from just about every other player, even players coming off the bench, which Ronaldo made a great spark. Um, but again, there you are, Rashford not finishing. So um, fair play to Brighton. Uh, they played great. And, you know, we, we should have lost that game. I thought they were the better team. I thought Danny Welbeck to come back home and play like that, absolutely amazing. I mean, he looked he looked so sharp and so fit. And running the channels, catching balls out of the air like it's like it was nobody's business. He looked amazing, and that that's ball, somebody we didn't want anymore. <laughs> that ball seemed like it was glued to his foot. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It, it was great to see. So, yeah. so no fair play to those guys. First game, I'm not, I'm not jumping out of. Listen, if this is the end of the season and we finish tenth, I would give him a grade of an F, and I would give certain players grades of an F after the season was over, depending on what we did. But I can't grade the, the squad. 
game one, project one. He doesn't even, he's still yet to figure out what he wants to do with his squad. He's still building it. Literally well, still building let's, it. Let's talk about that first. Cause I don't, I don't know. I wanted to, but let's actually talk about the lineup, <laughs> the lineup choice. You said four, three, three. I thought it was more of a four, one, two, three. You know, it was that uh, covering that, uh, that Fred coming, co- covering the back line. Um, more so than anything. Um, so, uh, I know due to the fact that Martial was out, you know, the, that, that kind of put a big hamper into things. The Ronaldo issue, you know, with, you know <laughs> what happened the week before last or the weekend before last kind of forced Ten Hag's hand and not playing Ronaldo and playing a true striker up top. So, he, he was trying to get that false nine and I don't I I know I know it the lineup said Erickson was going to be playing the false nine I thought Erickson dropped deeper than um than Bruno did because Eric was Erickson was putting passes out from them you know seemed like the halfway line which were beautiful he did passes. Late, he did late in the game he late, started up front late and I think half, Ten Hag realized it he was doing the first half as well so yeah. and then obviously Bruno again Bruno's doing Bruno I can, I know it's, I I understand the way that his, his hand was forced to play the certain type of formation that he played because of the fact that you know we don't have a backup striker um, we couldn't play that uh, and the midfield's the midfield that's right that's right question is judgment we if you watch tape if any tape from last season any tape. The McTominay-Fred situation is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to control the midfield. They can't bring the ball back out of uh, from from the defense up. You know, it's just chaos. And this, you know, this past match, it was like that. So if you're going to play that, you have to put somebody else other than McTominay and Fred at together. This is where I thought Donny Vandebeek, you know, could have started. Who knows? Um, maybe a Garner actually plays in the Fred position as as a CDM, and McTominay's, you know, the jury's out on him. I'm sorry, he's a if he's a squad player, he's a squad player, but he's not a Manchester United player. I'm the I'll give I'm, I'm willing to give um I'm willing to give Fred a little more le- lenience, uh, leniency, but um, he's on a thin rope too. Um, it's just that that tr- tr- duo. Right there, along with, and you mix that in with the Bruno. That's again, where was the Bruno from Sporting? Where is he? Because he ain't, he ain't here. And that's a sad. I'm not faulting too much on. I mean, yes, Rashford and, and Sancho were awesome the preseason, so I thought that was that was fine. Again, the choice of playing, you know, either Erickson in the false nine, which, you know, obviously in the lineup sheet, that that's what it was. But it seems like him and Bruno alternated, you know, through the you know the end of the first half until they brought on Ronaldo, right? So, um, I just, the, the tactics, the tactics and the subbing kind of, I question that. And I question the lack of, you know, the, the lack of the ability to adapt. And I think that's one of the things that you brought up uh, when you talked about Eric uh, Ten Hag last year when this whole thing in between Poch and uh, Pochettino and Ten Hag was going on. And I was, you know, I'm, I mean, I was on the Ten Hag bandwagon. 
you said that uh, I think some of his former players, or I mean, you, you brought up a quote that somebody said uh, that his lack of ability ability to adapt, because it seemed like he adapted to Brighton uh, one way, and we we're gonna press, 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 and when Brighton comes out in a three five, what three four three three, right? Three three four three, right? That's what they came out in. It was like a. You're on mute, boss. I I have to look it up because they went. We did so well to start out the game. They went to a, a flat back five, and that's that goes to show you. You know, for me, I'm not just. We lost the game and should have lost the game. I don't think it was this. I think a lot of people are saying worst performance they've ever seen. I just think it's because there were so many individuals out there who played poorly for the for the totality of the game. It was bad, you see. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, no, I I'm ne- I would if anyone comes out and says These there were glimpses, I I'm I agree. I I if anyone says there were glimpses of or there was a moment where they're lying. I, I what I'm saying is we started the game well. I did I'm not saying great or we we were able to push them back. But the problem was just like let's talk about Diego, who got out of position, pressed all the way back front to their box, and then left that gap wide open. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to a goal. Maguire, again, makes another mistake, gets beaten for pace. They scored another goal. So there were moments where I thought, okay, as a team, I'm not talking about individuals at, the, at this moment. As a team, there were moments. But you can't – you've got to be able to sustain. You've got to be able to play your game – and uh, impose yourself at home uh, against that team. But again, you start off the season with a team who these guys know what they're doing. But it, it, I, I go back to you know when we used to talk about Ole all the time, and I used to call it chaos. They would just run around and they would just kind of figure it out. And Bruno would do something spectacular, and everybody would go crazy. Brighton were never going to do that. They were always going to be organized. They were always going to know where they were supposed to be. And they were going to play their game. So the fact that they didn't waver from that, the fact that they pressed when they were supposed to press, the fact that they played in control, the fact that they made smart passes, they got the ball forward, nobody was shocked by that. If they were able to do, to do what they were supposed to do, they were supposed to win that game. And they did. So my my main thing is just for, for most folks to just say, look, it's not a situation where Rome's going to be built in one game. It's not. I still think he has a huge task in front of him, which is trying to gut what he was coming into and bring in players that he trusts and that he likes. And listen, it might be to his detriment. He might bring in these players that he wants, and it may not work. And again, football's cruel. He might get fired. <clears throat> so I'm supporting what he's doing. I'm, I'm completely behind where he's trying to go. But if you have to grade that game... If you're giving it any higher than a D, then you got to take off your Manchester United boxers because you're you're lying to yourself. We did not play very well. So um, I just think, you know, if he can get, I think, Ronaldo fit, I think that's huge. Um, Because at this point, you know, until he gets what he wants, because, again, I think he wants Ronaldo. And I think there's been some good points as to why you want to hold on to Ronaldo. I know we're not getting into Ronaldo today, but... I think he wants him there. Um, would he have started Tony if he was healthy? Probably. 
Um, and then you have a different ball game. But him being able to the first time, you got to remember, man, we've been watching this squad forever. This is the first time he's been, you know, pitch side, regular season game, 80,000 fans. This is his first go at it. So he's he's looking going, holy crap, I can't play Fred McTominay there. I, I want to run 4-3-3, and these guys, oosh, they're they're box-to-box guys. They are not holding on to the ball. They're not dribbling forward from the center backs. These are and he's and he's seeing that. So you take you take fo- you take footage of that if you're Eric Ten Hag and you say, okay, what's my next move? Well, I I would like to sign this kid. I'd like to go get this striker. This is what I want to do. And and then you go out there and you try to do it. So, um, you know, I'm if I'm looking at what they, what what they lined up in, it, it's saying here they all they ran a four a three 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 one mm. that's what it's saying on the internet so well back up there by himself three at the back three in the midfield and three uh in front of danny Wellback is what they're saying they ran they're saying we ran a four three three so that's just the internet that's just you know i i, I look at uh, foot mob too they called it that way as well i mm. thought they dropped back into a flat five when the game started because i thought we started well um, it's just again, it's not about how you start. It's about the totality of the game. I don't think we were there for the t- for the totality of the game, especially after that first goal. And even the captain said, "We dropped our heads. We dropped our heads. We gave up." And that's and I'll and I'll I'll shut up after this. That's why the people this week on uh, Talk Sport made a great point. You can't name me one leader in that squad other than Cristiano Ronaldo, and at this moment in time in his career, he's probably taken the biggest shot to his ego he's ever had in his life. So who's who's the guy they look to when they go down? There isn't one. Who's the guy they look to when they need to be rallied? There isn't one. So, you know, for all of the things that we're not, there's a lot of pieces that I think this coach is trying to fix to put together so that we can become an actual team. Because right now we're just not there yet. No, we're not easy, and it's it's going to sh- it goes to show. Um, I don't even want to get a player ratings. I think we're pretty much in agreement um, <laughs> that everybody was shit. You know what I mean? Uh, the only thing I want to bring up uh, uh, regarding Ten Hag is the timing of the substitutions. Ronaldo comes on at what the fifty third minute. I mean, why did he wait that long? You know, to bring you know why couldn't he just come on at halftime? Um, then he brings on Donny Van de Beek for McTominay. There was shit the whole fucking game. 78th minute. And then to bring some life in the team, brings on Ilanga and Garnacho. The 90th minute with, what, five more minutes to go. I, I question that. We've only, we always questioned Ole's um, substitution patterns, I guess you could say. It's It was very eer- it was eerily similar to what you know what, what we went through the past what two and a half three years you know with Ole and then you know uh, before him uh, Mourinho and then it's just it was it was strange I just I was like you know you need to first of all the goal we had was an on goal you know it was great that we put a lot of people in the box uh, but it's nothing to brag about uh, we had you know yes when you when you when you said that you Ronaldo came on. It seemed like he was doing a lot more, coming back, tracking back, trying to get stuff forward, trying to get movement forward. And unfortunately, you know, uh, Rashford needs to get that monkey off his back. You know what I mean? 
He needs to get, you know, that whatever's holding him down, get that little, you know, that, that, that little thing that's, you know, holding him back from being a great player, which everybody knows he can be, and get, you know, just get that monkey off his back. Just, you know what, Shh. you know, I'm, I'm just taking, you know, this cleanses, you know, he needs to, what is it, uh, uh, wash himself. So what is it? The Prince thing. You need to wash yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka or something like that. You know what I mean? He needs to do that because he needs to. You know he he missed chances. You see, and I'm not saying they're easy chances, uh, but I think one of them. You know, he put his foot out when he. Again, you know, he could. It was maybe a diving header that you could have probably sealed the deal. Uh, it's just things like that. I think he needs to get that. That that uh, that demon that's on his back, more like a monkey, more like a demon, because it's been haunting him for the past year, you know, past season now and starting. I know he had a good preseason, but when the lights are bright and the people are yelling and chanting, you know, it it um, it seems like a little too much for him. And same thing with Jaden, right? Jaden had such a great great preseason, and I think you know, maybe he dipped out a little bit this match. And I think I'm blaming it more on Luke Shaw and Deluxe. You know what I mean? I don't think they were getting the great service from them too. Uh, so I'm not really hounding too much on, on Rashford and, and, and Sancho too much. But it seemed like, you know, that whole build-up play from the back was affecting our front too. <clears throat> but the substitution patterns, you see, I brought it up. Do you think that's questionable on his decisions on, on the substitutions? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's questionable. I, again, I'm not I'm not in the camp of you know this is what he's gonna do. He that's what he did. And if I gotta if I've gotta answer the question, I I wasn't completely on board with with all of them. You know, you're down two goals at home. Um, you know, I'm sure he wanted to make a difference. I don't think Ronaldo's completely fit. Um, so, you know, you bring him on, you're trying to track minutes. You have to protect him. He's 37 years old. He um, right? so, you know, you, he looked at 39. He looked gassed at the end of the, at the end of the game. He was, well, yeah, over. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's never going to tell you he's not fit. He's never going to tell you he can't play. He's never going to tell you he doesn't want to play. You've got to protect him. So they're aware of his fitness levels. Um, I think that's a main reason why he didn't start. But, yeah, no, you don't want to see someone come on with, with five minutes left, but it takes one second to score a goal. So, you know, if, if those kids come on and they score a goal, then now Ten Hag's the smartest manager known to man. So, uh, you know, it, it's game one. It's it's going to be difficult for him, I think, because this is not a, a regular team that he's with. This is not Ajax. This is Manchester United we're talking about. I love that quote. And so you you have to kind of look at things from that perspective of, you know, yes, the substitutions came late, but, you know, this is him just trying to get his feet wet. This is this is game one. So, you know, I'm I'm not as, you know, jump off the cliff as most folks. I'm just kind of in the boat of, you know, let's wait till the window closes. Let's see how much they backed him and then how much he um, got in the players that he wants. And then at that point, once it's locked in and, and once you've got your team, if you're a good coach, you need to be able to rally the kids that you have and maybe adapt um, because you, you can't keep fitting players into a system that doesn't fit them. 
And again, I think that comes with, you know, him getting time. If, if they, if they're able to let him do that, then you get to the point where you say, okay, I can actually get players that can fit into this four through three. So um, right now, I think he's, he's, he's in a situation where he's going to have to continue to push the board to go get what he wants. It sounds like that's happening. I think Rabiot is, a, is, is just a matter of time. Um, I know he's not the best midfield player in the world. He also comes with some baggage, i.e. his mother and drama things. Let's save that for a little bit. Okay, let's save that for a little bit. But I, 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 I just I just think ultimately the substitutions are – they're fine. I agree with you. It could be too little too late, but anytime you talk about Manchester United and you talk about, you know, time and when things happen, there's a thing in football literally now crafted due to the fact that we had a manager for 26 years who had Fergie time. So I, 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 I do think that um, it was frustrating, but I'm, you know, again, we get to see Frankie come on with, you know, a, a substantial amount of time left in the game. And what did he do? So, Again, I, I'm not not jumping off a cliff. I kind of, you know, I knew it would be a tough game. Would it? Would I? Did I think we we're going to play this bad over 90 minutes? No, I definitely thought with the preseason we played better. But the substitutions didn't really didn't really bother me too much. Alrighty, see, you brought up uh, uh, what's his name? Our captain, captain, my captain. You brought up our captain, a captain, right? Uh, Harry Maguire. And you said that, uh, you know, you know, it seems like, not you said, but everybody seems like things haven't changed since last year. And obviously they haven't. Uh, it's already been leaked out again. Again, one of the Eric Ten Hag, uh, what do you call it? Ten Hag rules. If you want to talk to somebody, you, know, you talk, to, talk to me first before you talk to your agents or the press. It's already leaked, been leaked out that... Somebody, you know, they've said that the Cristiano Ronaldo thing, the CR7 thing needs to get dealt with because it's just causing a lot of chaos in the locker room, yada, yada, yada. Should these players who've been leaking this be looking in the mirror more than they're looking at Ronaldo? Uh, you know, I, I I saw the same article, so I know what you're saying is, is factual. I just, I want to know who the source is. That's my first thing. And then I want to know, you know, how real is this story? Because, because again, this is something they also brought up, which I thought was really, really cool to just look at who's the biggest club in the world as opposed to who's the best club in the world. Yeah. And I think there's no question that we're the biggest. I don't think there's a question. And I think that just spins from the simple fact that when the Prim was being built, we were it. And we ran it. So we're going to be the biggest story. We're going to be the front page of the, the news. We're going to be the back page of the news worldwide. We're bigger than any club. I mean, Liverpool's, you know, they're they're closing the gap. But I just think that when you talk about United, there's always going to be a story there that if I were to say something about them or if I were to print this as, as news, it's, it's automatically a fact and everyone hates Ronaldo and we want him out. Because uh, it's a good storyline. So listen, do I think that there are some some settling to do? Yes, but I really liked 
and I, it sucks that it came from from Graham Sunis, who I hate, but he made such a good point. I don't know if you heard it or not, no, but he was talking about how how would you not want to have him as your leader and think about not having him and then pick one guy, just one guy who you think would be able to lead the team. And I don't think you could find one. I, I, I li- do, do I see good players? Yes. But I'm talking about someone who, when the chips are down, when it's time to train hard, when it's time to learn how to eat after the game's over, when it's time to learn how to play on the pitch and give it everything, that's he's arguably the best player ever. He, you can make that argument. And some people don't even argue it. They just go, yep, yeah, he's the guy. So I, I, for me, the way that I'm looking at it, if, if he did, if he is messing up the dressing room um, and causing a fit and players are upset, um, that's really sad. It's really sad um, because it says basically – even though you uh, might be the greatest player in the world, and even though you might have won, you know every trophy there is to win, I still don't want to get behind you. That's sad. Um, is he a selfish player at times? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But if I were to tell anybody to go go pick me someone to lay out a blueprint of how you start your career and how you train, how you eat, how you play. He's he's going to tell you how to get it done, and the proof's all in the pudding. So I hope it's not real. I hope that he's. I hope this is just a a, a storyline that they tried to grab. Um, I hope players are getting along, and and especially the younger players, as specifically, you know, the Alangas, the 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 Cholater. I hope those those kids, Iqbal. I hope those kids are looking at him, going, "Man, look how he trains, look how he eats." Look how he shoots that shot. Look how he gets back and moves. I hope they're picking those things up because he's once in a lifetime. So it, it really is sad if those reports are true. Well, that, that's what I said about, you know, these guys that are leaking this stuff about Ronaldo. And, you know, I said my piece about Ronaldo last week. And, I, had, I mean, I think I was justified, you know what I mean? Because I love Manchester United. And I, I told you last week. You know, it was pissing me off. I was like, you know, sit his ass down and blah, blah, blah. But obviously, if he comes on and scores for us, what am I going to do? Cheer him on. Because I know the professional he's at. Is he, is, he's at. If the reports are true out of training camp, he's training. <coughs> I can't wait to the 1st of September to pass. So, and he's not moved on. I really do. Because we have no other options. And we saw it. So... If these leaks are coming out, these players need to start looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I'm not as good as I think I am. You know what I mean? My agent or whomever my camp is telling me that I'm the best center back in England or I'm the best midfielder in Portugal or whatever. You know what I mean? The, you need to start looking yourself in the mirror and look at the tape on, fucking, on this past Sunday. Look at the tape because you ain't. You know what I mean? So worry about your mind your own business. Keep your own nose clean. Keep your own house clean. And mind your own business and stop leaking. And this this stuff is toxic, man. And apparently everybody thought Dean Henderson was a leak. If this is true, then there were more Dean Hendersons in this locker room. <clears throat> but um, you're talking about the drama, EC. Let's, let's get into more drama. Because it seems like 
the rumors and everything started after the after the Brighton game. It seemed like Manchester was so quiet, you know, in the transfer market for so many weeks. And now we're in for everybody and the kitchen sink. First off, coming out late Sunday, early Monday, we're in for a 33-year-old striker that played for West Ham, spent two seasons in China, now plays for Bologna in Marko Anatovic, which at the time I thought when he played for West Ham, I didn't, you know, I thought he was a decent, you know, he was a decent uh, striker. But we got a link with him. Then... Tuesday comes around. We thought, you know, the Mark Anatovic thing was, you know, ridiculous. Now we're getting linked with a older Adrian Robineau. I think Robin, Robinier or Robinier, the French guy. I thought, you know, Manchester should have got him a couple of years ago. But after looking at his stats from the past couple of years, and when they compared it to Scott McTominay, I'm like, yeesh, I don't know about that one. You know what I mean? We're looking at a, probably another Paul Pogba if we decide to play him in the deeper role, which is, which basically is non, you know, it's non, non, what do you call it? It ain't going to work. You know what I mean? Paul didn't work. You know what I mean? It's just, it's going to be horrible. Uh, the one that's interesting to me is the Milok, the um, Mil, Milkos, the, the Slavic guy from, um, from Lazio. Because we've been into that, with, with that, we've been, tracking that guy for so many freaking windows i can't even going back to the the jose days and he's still available and he's still producing and if we need a cdm i think that guy could do it alvaro alvaro morata uh the guy that's been with real madrid chelsea inter who else who else do you want to name him you see <laughs> freaking dc united i don't know i know he's not played here but man the guy's been on many teams but yet, is he a proven striker? Uh, this kid uh, from PSV, I think that's the one that's kind of intriguing. That it's probably a ten hag thing because he's seen this kid play, and his I know his last name is Gapko. Gapko. Um, he was a leading scorer in the the Udinese last year, I think, and uh, a good old buddy of ours. You see, a good old buddy of ours decided to throw his name in the hat, throw his name in the hat. Is Chicharito. He said he'll play for free, which <coughs> I don't know. Easy. That's very tempting. But this circus right now, this circus right here, after a 2 1 Brighton loss, makes our club, and I know we said it, it makes our club look like amateur hour. It makes us look like we don't know what we're doing. We're throwing shit to the wall and hope it stinks. It stinks. I mean, obviously, shit stinks, but it stinks. Because these names, I doubt, <coughs> I doubt were on the list at the early preseason when Tag Hag was coming in of players that he wanted, and now we're just looking at we're grabbing at straws and hoping it works out. EC, and I know you said it earlier about uh, you know when you're talking about your wife, I'd rather play the kids and get them experience and lose than bring in high money. I mean, there already talks about Robino already wanting 50, 50K more than what he's getting paid in Juventus. And the guy gets managed by his mother. His mother, you see, and she's already caused problems with PSG, and who knows what she's doing with Juventus. And how much are we going to pay for him? 20? An ultimate is a, a, a basket case. 
And the Slavich, the, Slav, the, Slav, the Savage guy, I don't mind bringing in. Yes, that's that's fine. He can fill that role. The Ga Gapko, yes, I don't mind. He's a young and company talent. Hell, even Morata, but these first two we see, I, no, please, don't, that we don't need that. This guy wants, uh, this guy's one discipline in his locker room. These first two guys aren't going to do it. They're going to do it for you, period. Well, I think Anacevic is out. I think uh, Fabrizio Romano uh, basically sealed the deal on that. I, I'll, I'll believe that uh, the football god over uh, over that. So I think he's out. Um, <coughs> wouldn't have been a good look. I, I agree with you. Um, I would have taken another run at uh, Memphis Depay, who's out of a job uh, right now, over uh, Anacevic just as a striker. As far as Rabiot is concerned, uh, he's a good he's a good midfield player. Um, is he great? No, but is he better than uh, Scott McTominay? No question. Um, Left-footed, well, very silky. From the past two seasons, the stats don't don't. The stats. If you're if you're comparing him to what we have, though, he's better. It's, there's no there's no question. Um, Scott McTominay again for me, playing him in a deeper role, you're kind of cutting him cutting his legs off anyway. But that's again, you, you he's sticking them where they've been. Right. He's not he's not going to ultimately just tells tell McTominay, OK, go play up forward there because he's he's never they've never done it with him. They did it with him when he was U23. And before that, he scored goals like a crazy person, but they're not doing that anymore. So I would I would definitely take Rabio. If you're talking about having a player who can play the ball really well, who's very sleepy, left footed player, can take the ball off the center backs, uh, can dribble the ball, can pass the ball um, not going to give it up five yards in front of him. Um, I would definitely take him. Um, Savage, another one. That's somebody that you want to take. Everything that I'm hearing, Rabiot, they will get him. It's a $17 million deal. Um, he'll come through, and they're, they're, all the rumors are that they will still go after Frankie because he's essentially being pushed out. Now, I think Chelsea will ultimately get him. We'll, talk, I, we'll I talk about Frankie. That'll a still be a target. So I just think ultimately of, of the of the bunch, Savage, I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, Rabiot, same thing. But again, that's not uh, – that's going to get him through the season. And I think that's one thing that, that, that fans, myself included, you don't really think about. I, I said it a little bit in the last pod or the, the pod before this last one, excuse me, and I said it again tonight. He can't just get through the season. I, I ultimately think that it's going to be season by season. I don't think they're going to give him, you know, he knock, he he runs us to 12th in the league. The fans are going to implode. The, the owners are going to look at that, and they're going to react. That's why Anatovic is off, because the fans spoke up and said absolutely not, because he's a racist prick. They will listen, and I think they will fire him. So he's got to get players now. I, listen. When you said that initially, I, I was like, no, because I, like I said, I'm, if I'm a coach, I can't let you figure it out as a 19, 20 year old kid. When my job's on the line, my reputation's on, I can't let you figure it out. Now he could be missing out on a gym. You said it earlier when the lights are on and it's game time, sometimes kids just out of nowhere, they show up and they do things. So that's going to also be on him. So it's it's grading the coach and then grading the players straight up and down. No hiding. No, it's your fault. It's your grade the coach, grade the players, 
after every game and you move forward. So, no, I, I think there's some good options. I think there's some bad ones on that list, too. But I think you go out there, you you try to get what you want. Because, again, if, if, if the coach is saying to his two uh, recruits, these are the guys I want. If that's if that's what's happening, because again, I don't, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know mm. who's saying I want this kid. If if it's the coach, is it the recruitment team? Is it is it the Glazers? We, we don't know all how it's going, other than Frankie, and I, I think maybe Malasia, because I don't know exactly how much he was interested in Martinez. He did come from that system, but if he's asking for these players, and he gets them. That's a good thing because we have never probably – I don't think since Sir Alex left, we've never supported a manager uh, from getting the players that he wants, right, that he wants. So, you know, you you, 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 you look at Igalo, you look at Zlatan, no disrespect, but he was past his prime. You look at Schweinsteiger. There was a pattern after – look at the last striker that Sir Alex Ferguson signed. It was Robin Van Persie. And then if you go down the list after that, it was aged, superstar, off their prime. That's what, we, that's what we've been doing all the way down to Igalo. No disrespect, but all the way down to Igalo, it's the same trend. Cavani, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, this is what this board have shown to do. So, again, I don't know that the Anatovich is his want. I don't know if that's something he wants to get, but it could be. I don't know. But if you look at the trends from, from since Sir Alex Ferguson left, that's what we've always done. We've got gone after an old, aged, out of his prime. We're gonna bring this. We'll, we'll bring this guy in to see if we can make it happen. So, um, I wasn't surprised, but I was glad that the fans spoke up, and I, and I I think that the Glazers listened, and I, I think he's completely off the table. I mean, yes, because <laughs> we just don't need that. We don't need that. Uh, just real quick. Uh, uh, Morata, would you bring him in? He's played the prem. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I'd bring him in again. Is he a game changer? He pissed me off, and I didn't even, I didn't even like Chelsea. I just thought all this, you know, you guys are talking this kid up, and he just can't hit the barn side of a bra, of, a, of a barn door uh, for anything. So then they, I think he went back to Italy. Yeah. I think, and I think he's now in. Is he still in Juventus? Is that where he's at now? I think so. So no, I, I bring him. In, I said this earlier, two pods ago. Tony, you know, this is it for him and, and, and him and Rashford. But you can't go in with just one because he's going to get hurt. Ronaldo's going to. You got to have more than one striker. So strength, strength and depth. Mm-hmm. That to me is why you bring a kid like that in. Um, you know, he knows the league, he knows the players, he's not going to be afraid of the moment. It's just, can you score in that moment? You're going to, he, he gets, he's an old school striker, so he's going to put himself in position to score. But just like I saw at Chelsea, he'd do it time and again, he'd be right there, and he just wouldn't put it home. He just would not put it home. And this kid had a lot of promise um, before he got to Chelsea that he was going to be a really, really good player. So, um, no, I'd bring him in in a heartbeat, no question. Yeah, I the other think, kid I don't know anything about. I would too. I think uh, the more the merrier, especially at that position, because we we seem to be lacking at that, and we need competition at that position. If somebody gets complacent, uh, which we've had in the past, people get complacent that we know that their spot. It seems like if they get more, you know, more lackadaisical, not hungry enough, 
you see, you, you mentioned earlier, a little, uh, earlier, you said that if Ten Hag goes 10th, that the board will get rid of him. I don't, I personally don't think that, especially the way things are going right now, the way that the transfer market's being, uh, you know, run, every, you know, how he's not being backed like they said he was. I personally don't think that the fans would let that happen. Uh, and it, it goes, it goes, to, it, go, it gets into my next point is I think the fans are fed up again. I mean, we've seen these so many times, but there's a planned protest for August 22nd on a Monday with the lone match on a Monday. And guess who, guess who, who's the opponent? Ding, 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 ding. Our main rival. It is Liverpool. Um, they're talking about <coughs> they this protest, from what I read, it's talking about everybody, you know, stand outside the stadium, don't even go in. Um, is this going to get as bad as the pro the last protest that we had against Liverpool when, you know, they had to call off the match? I hope so. I really do. First of all, it's going to postpone the match against Liverpool, which we're not ready for. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? We're not ready for that shit. Um, but it, these Murtaugh and Arnold and all those damn and the Glazers need to understand that the fans, us, I'm, you know, I mean, especially the ones in Manchester that go to the games, that buy the merchandise week in and week out, are fed up with the way things are being run. So I'm very excited to see. I want this protest to be like the one that there was, was it two week, two month, two years ago? Was it two seasons ago? When it was, you know, on, on live television, the only game, I mean, this is going to be the only game on a Monday, you see. So you know that this is going to be the headlines. This is going to be the headlines. Is this the, is this the tipping point? Or is this going to be like, what I've always been saying, because you, I know you sent me a text message. It says these guys are still going to be. They still bought the new jerseys. They still bought the new kits. You know, you know, yada yada yada. So it's not going to make a difference. Which I've been saying. You know, you, you still drink from the well. The well's still running. You know what I mean? The, you know, their coffers are not dry. But to embarrass them on a Monday night, in prime on prime time television, easy. Can this be the tipping point, at least for Ten Hag, for him to get whom he needs? If the, if the question is, is it the tipping point for Ten Hag, the answer is no. Is it, is, is it, could it be the tipping point for the Glazers? It's possible. Uh, Forbes just came out with their list of where we land. Uh, we've dropped $1.3 billion in worth. Uh, that's horrible. Uh, especially for them, these guys are money hungry, obviously. And you know, fair play to them; they're businessmen. But I think if you're looking at you know where we stand, you know, financially, um, that's something that's gonna that's gonna hit them really, really hard. So if let's say, for instance, you know, you buy a ticket to the game, right, but you don't go inside, yeah. well, again, that's just like buying a, a jersey no, and holding a sign. So. Again, it comes down to how do you do it? How do you rally 80,000 people? How do you rally the folks that aren't from Manchester and that they've been 
all their lives. They lived in India or they lived in the United States and they want to go to the game and they finally got a ticket. How do you tell that person, sorry, I know you wanted to see Liverpool because it's a derby, but we're protesting. How do you stop those guys uh, from going in? I, I love the thought. Um, I love the theory. But for me, the reality of the situation is um, the more that we look like a horrible product on the pitch with 80,000 people in the stands, I think the more the, the product, right, because it's a business, once the product's uh, brand uh, starts to take a toll or take a hit, which it has, I think that will continue to, to, to be uh, not really the tipping point but more or less the demise uh, where the Glazers say, okay, look, you know, we borrowed $600 million to get the club. It was once valued at $3.4. So we might have lost $1.3 billion um, by continuing to stay around. We're not getting any better. The fans don't like us. They're continuing to protest. They don't buy jerseys. It, it, it could all accumulate into something, but it gives me hope when I look at those numbers I shouldn't. You shouldn't want that because we're six hundred million dollars in debt. But I think if you if if you want things to change as far as the Glazers are concerned, you hit it. You hit it on the head. It's all going to come to money. And again, that that evaluation is a huge deal because they they could have two years ago if they would have sold. They could have got four billion dollars for the club. They could have argued and gotten that price. That's not the case anymore. Those are all things that people are going to be looking at. I think. If if people don't go to the game and it looks empty, I agree it's a great look. It's a great look. They look stupid. They actually came to the game um, and sat there, and I'm sure fans probably sung songs, and you just didn't hear it on audio because they always sing songs about the Glazers, but there's a protest outside, so those things are all good. Um, but again, I think it's too early to look at the recruitment to look at the coach and say it's a failed season. Even the players at this moment, it's too late to say McTominay's had a bad season. Did he have a bad game? Absolutely. But uh, I don't I don't think tipping point would, uh, would would be my answer as of right now. You see, you see, oh, sorry about that. Let me turn this up. Uh, you see, you said something. Um, <clears throat> because it gets to my next point. Um, regarding the Glazers, you said that, um, golly, now I have a brain fart because I had to turn that. Anyways, let me get into my next topic. Um, it goes, it goes into the rumored hostile takeover about the, have you read the, have you heard the news about the ex United board member and getting investors in, 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 in into this, um, the, the fans, and this is what I was going to get at. The fans have already, pro, you know, have already said their piece. I mean, the fan. Have you heard United fans booing their players at halftime going into the tunnel ever? I haven't heard it. I think I heard it Saturday, Sunday. Did you? Hear no, it? no. I'm I'm saying I I haven't heard it consistently like I've been hearing it. They booed at half and after the game was over. So that I mean this. Especially with Avram Grant, I think it was Avram or one of the Grants where the Glazers, I'm sorry, where we're in the in in the, in the stadium. <clears throat> All this culmination of what's going on with them 
them knowing that you know them knowing that nobody wants them they're running this freaking club into the ground and now this rumor of this hostile takeover by um what's his name let me write i wrote it down um michael knighton a former board member he was a board member from 1989 to 1992. Um, I guess he has a group of investors, and 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 it was surprising to me what you just said about the um, the the Forbes list. I didn't know that. So I think it it's this prime territory. I I like the idea. I like what you're saying. Um, this is prime territory. So if we keep this up, now this is like we're ripe, right? We have a shit product. They're not supporting us. And yes, unfortunately, Ten Hag is his first season. We have the best player in the world, Ronaldo. I don't know, you see. I think we're just, you know, I think this is... The fans need to show what we, you know, what what they need, what they want. And it's new ownership and ownership that's going to care and it's going to back them because... If these are the if these are the recruitment that you've been doing, Adrian Rabinot, Altovich, Savic, Murata, if that's the recruitment that we've been doing, then and something needs to change. And then let's get into the next Frankie the, the next the next thing that again going out to our recruitment, Frankie Dion. The saga of this dude. <laughs> Poor freaking guy. I mean I, I, mean, I don't even. I don't. I don't even want to talk about the Manchester aspect, you know, of us and Chelsea, but this dude is getting thrown under the bus, EC, and I. I know. I mean, he's not a Manchester United player, but he's a target. But yet he's and he's a Barca player. But they're the threatening to legal legal action against this guy, saying that the deal that they done uh, for his extension was illegal and criminal. If this guy doesn't see the writing on the wall that the play, that the club doesn't want him, and he still sticks with him, this guy's more stupid than he looks. Or I don't know, man. I know we talked about it last week. He's gonna get paid his money, and and I, I applaud this guy. I know you talk about players, and you know you know you and I have our differences on players, but damn. This guy has some freaking stone balls right now, man, to actually go through that, show up day to day, knowing that they're threatening a lawsuit against you. And you know what? I'm going to show up. I think there was a, a clip that he uh, he beat uh, Usum Dembele in a in a freaking, you know, in a 40 yard dash, something like that, a, uh, <coughs> a sprint. You know what I mean? So he's going out there balling and he's going to say, you know what? You're still going to pay me 70, 17 million. And if you don't want me, and you know what? You're not going to register. There's already rumors. They're not going to be able to register Kese and Christensen unless they offload some cash. So what's going to happen? Apparently, they might not join the team this year if they can't register them by Friday. Dude, this is going to get interesting and very juicy. I mean, tomorrow is going to be the, I think tomorrow and early Friday is going to be a, a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a transfer weekend. And, and maybe we can, um. Maybe we can pull him off, and hopefully Ten Hag has a rabbit out of his hat. Because I know Chelsea is Chelsea's in there, but I mean Chelsea's spending money like crazy. See, they're like bringing in, they want Fufana or Bufana or whatever his name is from Leicester. 
I mean, they have like a list of players that they still want to bring in, and they want to pay sixty-five million or how, or more than for Frankie DeYoung. I don't see that for some reason. I do not see that. I mean, I, Frankie played well as as well. I know the clip's been running around of him taking the ball off the center back, going past two players, getting it all the way into the box. I mean, a beautiful dime. They should have scored, but they didn't. Um, this kid's a baller. Will it work at United or, or even in the Prim? Nobody knows. We, we don't know what, what he's going to be like. Um, I personally, Barcelona's going to pull it off, I'm telling you right now, as far as getting all their players registered because I didn't think they'd get Lewandowski or any of those guys. They got them all registered. So they're going to get their players. They got money under the carpet. They got money under the bed mattress. They got, they got money. Um are they looking like crap right now in the public eye? Yes, and I'm I'm a part of that public eye that thinks they look horrible right now. That being said, I guarantee you there's players there that love Frankie. I'm I guarantee you there's coaches even who you know, hey, sorry, I know it's a rough deal, but you know we're going in a different direction. You know we love you as a person, great guy, never a problem in the locker room, but we're not going in that direction. So I think. You know, one of the worst things about this past weekend was the fact that we played so poorly. And so if I'm Frankie DeYoung, and I, I know I beat on about this all the time, if I'm a really good player, I don't want to come to United right now. And I think that's kind of the trend that you can kind of see. You name that list, maybe besides Savage, maybe. Um, those aren't players in their prime, young, chipper, <laughs> ready to show and prove that they're the next great thing. So... I'm sure Frankie looked at that game or saw highlights of it, at least at a minimum, and said, well, crap, you know, if I go to Chelsea, who's they're going to lose uh, Werner, um, I have an opportunity to come in and, and do some great things. They're looking at Obama Yang. Uh, he might come there as well. They get a, they get a striker, which they've, they haven't really had, and they won Champions League without one. Um, I think that's a little bit more intriguing than, than Manchester United. So, again... I, my gut tells me he sits tight, collects his $17 million and then takes off. But I could be wrong. Like you said, Friday could hit, and they might be looking at things going, look, Chelsea's going to come in for a lot more than United can, and off the kid goes. It's, it's business. It's tough business, but it is business. Um, if I'm United, if I, if in this moment, if I'm United, and I know Frankie's going through all this crap. I say, look, man, look, you clearly know they don't want you. We do. We'll pay your wages. Whatever you were going to make, we'll pay your wages. If you were going to make whatever this season, that's what we'll give you. And we can make, we can give you more than that if need be. We love you. We want you to start every game if you're fit. We want to build a team around you. Right, we we got Malasia, we got you in. We want to bring in some more strikers. We want to after this season's over, everyone that we purchase is gonna it's gonna be built around you. And I know we've said that before, and this is why I don't like the Glazers. They've got to find that mold of here's a really good player. Let's start to build around that guy and create a team. Because like I said, right right now. Everyone you mentioned, I'm not saying they're horrible or they're trash, but you're just you're just like you said earlier, you're just picking things off and you're saying, okay, patch it up here, patch it up here, I'll patch it up over here, but you don't have a firm foundation. So 
like I said, I, I feel bad for him in a sense, but I think he's going to be fine financially. I would I would trade places with Frankie in a second. I think the only thing hurt is his ego. His bank account's fine. Beautiful wife just got married, um, and he's playing football for a living. So I think Frankie will be just fine. But if I'm United, I'm coming out all guns blazing to try to sign this kid and get him here because, again, this is what the coach wants. He's wanted this kid. This is his main target. He's made it abundantly clear that that's what he wants to do. So let's support him. Let's back him, and let's let's go get this kid and and see what he can do. Let's see what he can do in the prim. No, I mean, like I said, I hope uh, when it comes to Friday, or at least tomorrow, we get more news on what's going to happen. Because again, they're saying that they can't, they they won't be able to register Kese or Christensen that they signed. You know what I mean? So they could be playing for other teams as soon as next week. That's that's crazy. You know what I mean? Unless they do something with, you know, unless they do something with Frankie De Jong. Because they know that uh, <coughs> Busquets and um, my favorite dude, that dumb Shakira, what's his name? Gerard, right? No. PK. PK. Yes, the dumbass, the dumb Shakira. Um... They all took pay cuts because they can. They're old. You know what I mean? They're old. They're, you know, they're bars through and through, but they're old. So who's going to, I mean, what else do they have to, what else do they have to choose? Come to the United States or they stay, they hang on to Barcelona for a bit. Frankie's not old. You know what I mean? He's young. His career is in front and they want him to go back to, the original contract from like 19, was it uh, 2019 or something like that? When he first got signed? That's just bad business, man. And if that dude doesn't see it, which I hope he's just playing Russian uh, poker with them and say, you know what? I'll wait till, you, I'll wait till y'all bluff. Y'all gonna pay me my money and I'm gonna, yes, and I'll move on. But I ain't gonna move because you know what? You have two players hanging in the wind that you can't sign until I move on. <coughs> and this is business. Period. Speaking of um, speaking of lack of business, EC, it's already been brought up. Uh, the X. I don't know if you heard this, and this is our last topic. Uh, the Super League has been brought up again uh, from a former AC Milan director. I'm not going to even get into his name. I can't pronounce it. Um, he's saying that that they want the Super League because money obviously is not being well distributed amongst the leagues in Europe. And he wants this, he wants the Super League to exclude English clubs. What is, is it just, this, I mean, what is this guy thinking? You know what I mean? First of all, the Super League. Do you think the Super League is AC Milan? Because I think he, he does, he directs some lower level, some lower level Italian league, not East Milan. He's a former director. Do you think the the big leagues, the big teams are gonna are gonna distribute any wealth, any cash if they leave and join the Super League, and not have the most lucrative league? And I mean, why is the Prem the most lucrative lucrative league in the in the, the world? You know what I mean? It's uh, that was astounding to me when I read that. Yeah, I mean, you're if you're going to create a super league, that's because you've got some kind of TV contract that's going to bring you 
a boatload of money. I don't think any major networks, FUBU, ESPN, CBS, NBC, are going to sign a deal without some teams from the prim. Does it have to be all of them? No, but I think the likes of City and Liverpool, uh, maybe Chelsea, Manchester United, um, perhaps Tottenham, uh, Arsenal, those, those, those clubs are going to at least get a phone call. Um, you know, I think at, at the Italian league in its prime, unquestionably one of the greatest leagues in the world at, at one point in time. Um, but I think right now um, that's not really the case. So, you know, I think that was their initial mistake because I, I think Super League is going to happen. I don't know when, but I think it is going to happen. Um, I think ultimately the problem they started out with was not saying that first, which was we're going to create this Super League. And just like when the Premier League started, we essentially left these other cl- clubs behind. But what we did was we created a model where we would have a trickle-down effect. So you have the parachute rules in effect where the, the bottom three teams that get relegated to championship, they're allotted a, a, a lot of money so that they can help themselves come back. <clears throat> and then that trickles down to League 2 and League 1. That's where they made a mistake. So... I think if any of these these clubs that join with the Super League, if they can start the conversation out by, yes, we are doing our own league, but funds will still roll to what is known as Serie A and Prem and um, the Bundesliga, all of those leagues will still have some trickle-down money uh, and things will work. But, yeah, to, to, to not bring teams from the Prem, that makes – it doesn't make a lot of financial sense. It makes no sense, you see. It just – and I hate to hear, I mean, this is the argument I have with live golf. You know what I mean? And I'm a golfer. I'm, again, the PGA is, they're no, uh, they're no saint. But the live golf, and I know everybody wants to say the Saudis, the Saudis, the Saudis. I just don't see where live golf is investing in the younger uh, generation as the PGA has. The PGA is established. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're paying. I mean, it's fine that you're paying these certain players, like like uh, the the Super League would. You know what I mean? Right? They're only paying Chelsea, Manchester, Man, you know, uh, Man City, and you know, it's kind of funny. Man City wouldn't even be in the question if they didn't have the oil money from the Sheikh Mansir, right? They would be in the lower level. Liverpool, no right? question. You know, Liverpool's fine. no question. Man City's a Man City's not a dynasty, not a legend. You know, not a, a what do you call it, established team. Period. They're not a blue blood. No, blue they're blood, not a no. blue blood at all. They they were bought. It was plastic. Yeah. Why they call them the plastic pitch, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with live. I think all money's probably at then that level dirty, and I think it showed the PGA that there could be something else that could exist because they don't own the rights to golf. I agree with you. If in their later stages they don't start to recruit from, say, colleges and things of that nature, um, it is a detriment to the game. But I think that for me, whenever you, whenever you start to create something new, you're going to have people like myself who love the Premier League are going to go, wait a minute, that's not what I'm used to. That's not the sponsorship. That's right, not sure. the, even the TV, even the music. I'm like, hey, that's not. No, That's not that, what I what that, I what I'm used to. Me at all, so if that what bothers me is you're only picking a handful of select people that you're willing to pay. You know what I mean? Right. And then, it's and, the and it's the, the thing. It's like that's the antithesis of the way golf is. 
And I know we're getting well, off way tangent because you golf, you have a cut. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it, golf is gambling. It's a it's a legalized gambling. Period. You know what I mean? You're gambling on yourself, and to do this where where everybody has a everybody gets paid and you know this this and that. I mean, I mean, how much are you going to really generate? You know what I mean? What what do you what do how you much? How long? How old is the PGA? One hundred forty-six years old. Probably somewhere in there. That's what I'm saying. This is their first. This is their first stab at it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, initially, if if you're gonna make a spike, this is what the NFL knockoffs do horrible at, right? They go get the scrubs. No pun intended. I'm not making fun. It's difficult to get to a professional league, but none of those kids don't still have the dream to get to the NFL. They all. If you look at the USL, USFL, when the season ended, the headlines were MVP goes to the Dolphins. This defensive player of the year goes to this NFL team. So they're all on those teams to get to the NFL, which has been around for over 100 years. So when you do your startup, if you don't do your startup with relevant people, no one's going to care. So that's what I'm saying. I understand what they're doing, but let's see what they do long term long term let's see if they can go get a kid out of stanford who's an amazing player who everyone's looking for to be the next tiger woods let's see if they do those things and start to develop because again all money that's at that level is probably a little dirty somewhere i think the pga got a big wake-up call you got a, a a conglomerate of folks who have a lot of money obviously they can attract big time players but I'm gonna tell you right now. Let's say Liv decided to go get the the 100th best players in the world. They went and got them from this country and that country. Nobody's gonna give a crap, and that thing will last one season. But you go get a couple dogs and you throw them in there. Now you're headline news. Now you're on the bottom line, and people give a crap. Now you're building a foundation of people just giving a crap about your brand. Because let me ask you a question: How many USFL games did you watch this season? Yeah. My answer is zero. So, because no one cares about players that aren't that aren't good. I haven't watched any live live games either. And 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 I think that's the that's the heart of you saying no because I I love washed, my brand. Washed up players, you only you only, you're only playing with fifty two holes. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it's, again, I, mean, it, I don't. It, there's no competition. I don't think. No I don't. I agree. I agree with you. If you're challenging the PGA, which is an established brand, yeah. you're not going to blow them out of the water. But I think they did a good job of saying we are going to get some notable guys that are going to come along. I Listen, I, you're a huge, bigger PGA guy. I'm a Tiger guy. That means I don't know golf at all. And so Tiger said he was offered $900 million that he turned it down because he said, what did he say? Even Tiger washed up Tiger Woods. Washed up. I mean, Tiger Woods is great. I love Tiger. Even watched up Tiger Woods said, "You know what? I don't even want a part of that because it's not golf. It's easy for Tiger to say that as a multi-billionaire. Oh, a- let's let's ask Tiger that if he's 80th in the world his whole life, and they came to him and said, "Hey, we're gonna give you this. I can sit on my high horse and go. I would never play in that league because everyone's going to know that's a quotable if he were to ever come out and support live come on they they changed his whole world and he helped do that he helped do that he helped change a lot of people's lives but i just think that ultimately when you talk about super league 
I'm one of those people. I'm going to be shocked as hell. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to like the schedules and lineups. And But do you see where, do you see where I'm coming at? Comparing, comparing it to the Live Golf. It's just like the Super League, the haves and have-nots. And this is where I don't, I don't like the fact of the Live Golf because it's the haves versus the have-nots. It is not but isn't that the origination of the Prim? That's the origination of the Prim. They said, listen, you're not good enough, so we're leaving you guys. And I think people don't talk about that enough. Won too. I mean, we were, they were all – go ahead, sorry. But they saw the regular, a relegation purpose, you know what I mean? Understandably so. But they told a group of teams, we don't want you. You ain't good enough. We are better than you guys. And they are. And this is the thing. Yes, they have a great three teams come up, three teams come down. It's I love it. I wish the MLS would do it, but we don't have the infrastructure and the other teams to be able to sustain that. So I get why we will never probably get to uh, a, a relegation battle. But the prim in its inception was we are better than and we're going to take more of the pie. That's all that it was. That's not a bad thing. It was initially, and then people said, oh, man, this is a good product. And, oh, man, I can still watch the championship, right? So I understand where you're coming from as far as, like, the aesthetics and how it sounds. But remember, the Prim was two subs. I have a great – I tweeted out a great – a guy from my shop. He used to live in England, and he printed out a, a – he showed me a picture of a book that he has at his house – and it's a it's a uh, uh, a program from mm-hmm. 1976. It's got George Best in it. It's got all the great players that played. They played against uh, I think West Ham. But if you look down at the substitutions, there's only two. So the moment that they went to three, the whole world freaked out. And now where are we at? Five. So football is going to evolve as money gets thrown into it and things change. And I'm I'm on your side. I don't like change. I. I don't like it. It makes me feel like, why can't we just do it the way that I grew up loving it? I get that. But it's going to evolve because money is cash is king. And I don't know when it's ever going to die. But I can tell you right now, no time soon. I mean, look at look at the conferences we love, the SEC, uh, you know, that that conference and probably the Big Ten will be it. (laughs) They will be the only. And when we grew up as kids, there were several conferences that you could look at and say they might win and they might win. That's over. It's the SEC. It's the Big Ten. That's it. Everybody else is basically what? Trash. So that that's the way that I think sport, unfortunately or fortunately, will evolve. And it takes me time to get used to it. But I'm telling you, those, those things are all going to happen, man. That, that, that month, Anytime you start saying this and you got a lot of it, you're going to be pushing the needle. All right, I know we need to start wrapping it up. We need to wrap it up. But we have score predictions, EC. Yes. Brentford, Saturday, 11.30 Central Standard Time. Mm, mm, let's, let's, let's see brief briefly who's going to start. Uh, after last week's performance, abysmal performance, who do you see starting for United? Uh, okay, so with Shaw being sick, I was surprised that he started this week. So Malassi is starting. Uh, Martinez is starting. Uh, uh, Maguire's starting, and so is Diego. That back four, I think, will only change with Malassia. I would be completely shocked 
if he does not start Cristiano Ronaldo up front. I, w- I would be floored if Ronaldo, with all the fitness from this week and the training, if he's healthy, he starts. Um, I'm going to put Rashford on one side again. I'm going to put um, Sancho on the other side again. If if everyone's healthy, um, I would rather start Ilanga, but I think he's going to go with Rashford again. If you're going to hate me, I'm just going to say it. It's going to be Bruno and McFred. I, I really think he would like to get better midfielders in. And, I you know, he might be forcing this 4-3-3. He might, he might need to go 4-2-3-1, uh, honestly. But I think what he's trying to prove, uh, prideful or not, or, or, or maybe he just can't, he just has to do it, he wants to run this formation. He wants to be attacking. He wants to press. And he wants people, he wants the world I think if he sticks with a four-three-three, to understand that if you come here, this is what we're doing. Now, if I get fired and the players all suck, okay, I, I'll take the I'll take the L. But I'm not playing defensive. I'm gonna try to win the ball. I'm gonna be aggressive. I just don't think he has the players right now to, to run four-three-three. I really don't. Um, if 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 anything, if if I were to change anything with what I said. It would be Bruno at the false nine, starting up front, pressing, running high. Ronaldo comes off the bench. And then that midfield three, Alanga and McFred. And I would and I would run because those guys are going to run. If, if I know, if I know anything about that. Say that again. Erickson, you not playing him? It would be difficult for me to play Erickson with, with those three guys. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just want – I want – if I'm him – I want those guys. I want them to press. I want them to try to win the ball back. I could bring Erickson on, but I think with what he's wanting wanting to do, um, and and continue to play that that midfield. Man, I just I don't I I think Erickson Erickson could play on the wing. I do. I'm not saying that he couldn't, um, but I just think it'd be really hard for him to 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 do that now. He could play him at the six, but I I think it's going to be that that back four, Bruno again, uh, Ronaldo up front, <coughs> Rashford and Sancho on the left. All right, I'm going to give you two. One, what he should do, and one what he's going to do. What he's going to do, what he should do is, Malasia. Varane, uh, and Harry Maguire, and Delot. If Lindelof is healthy, then Varane and Lindelof in the back. That's what he should do. Screw Harry Maguire. Shouldn't play him. Can't, can't win with him. Can't do it. You know what I'm, you know my, you know uh, the good old Mike Singletary, you know what I'm talking about. Then you play Martinez at the uh, as a as a CDM protect your back then you have Erickson and Bruno up top you know basically in your 4-1-2 then you have Ronaldo I mean and I'm still going to give uh, my boy I believe in him Rashford I still believe in you and I'm going to give Sancho uh, a shot yes Garnacho but I'm going to tell Garnacho and Ilanga 
boys, start getting ready. Start warming up at the 25th minute. 25th minute, you're starting to warm up. Because if this shit's not going, y'all boys are coming in half time. Period. Donnie, you too. If this shit doesn't work out, you're coming in. What he's going to do, and I believe what you're do, what you're talking about, is start to make Fred. Um, and I think it's going to pretty much be the same lineup, other than other than Shaw. It's going to be the same lineup at uh, as last week because Malasia Mal- is going to play, and I think you saw what Shaw could do or lack thereof. Um, I think he's still going to do Erickson because I think he still sees Erickson as more of a reliable midfield presence than obviously what we have with McFred. And he'll put Erickson at the um, uh, at the center point. And then obviously, which Bruno should stay up top if he's going to be playing the false nine and not trying to drift back so much and let Erickson try to run the midfield, which we're not going to get any service in the back if we have Fred and McTominay, so it's going to be a shit show. So everybody's going to be <laughs> dropping back. So everybody's going to be dropping back, trying to get the ball off <laughs> off of, you know, the, the center backs. Um, and also, I know you talked about De Gea's distribution, which De Gea is a goalkeeper. I don't blame him too much. I blame our, our defense and not being able to get it forward. So that's pretty much what's going to happen. Um, as as what we're gonna do, um, you see, give me give me a score prediction because I need I know you need to get out of here. Uh, okay, this one's gonna be on the road. Yes. And I think that Brentford are going to win this game three one. Wow. Wow. Three one. Yeah. I don't even. I think this is worse than the first one. Um, panic, panic will set in. But I think. I mean, they're very organized. They're very EC, well organized. EC, if that happens, you know that there are going to be riots on the Liverpool match. You know that, right? I mean, fuck protests. It's going to be riots. Get, get, get the riot gear because I think we're going to get slapped. I really do. Okay. I hate to say it. Should I even stay stick around? Should I just go play golf? Oh, I'm watching this mess. I'm I want to see you know, this guy's been touted as a really good coach. You, you I don't think we have good players. I think we have decent players at most positions. I will give Sancho a pass because I know he starts a little bit slow. Um but I I ultimately when you when you strip that midfield down that's where the game's won and lost, man. You know better than I do. I'm preaching to the choir. We don't have a midfield. We have guys who should be coming off the bench. And that's what we got. That's what we're starting. So I really think without any creators, you know how many through balls Bruno had in this last game? He had zero through balls. Zero. I, I ultimately think what's going to wind up happening is um, we're going to get slapped up. They're going to score first. Heads will go down. Ronaldo's going to fight his butt off. He'll score the one. And they'll, they'll score two more goals after that. And we're going to get laughed off the pitch. Uh, and and you might see riots. Uh, you might see people, you know, losing their minds. But, yeah, Brentford, that's a good, that's a good side. I say 3-1 Brentford, no question. 
You see, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Are you the type of person that uh, when you're down the highway and you see a wreck, you turn and slow down to like 30 miles per hour and you just watch it? You just watch like, you know, all that, you know, chaos going on and you back up traffic about 15 miles? I'm not that guy, but I am the guy that watches Desperate Housewives of Atlanta, which is more of a train wreck than most of these uh, vehicle accidents on the freeway. So that's what we are. We're a reality soccer team. You know, it's drama with Ronaldo. What's Pogba wearing hair color wise? Who's the next coach to come in and play The Bachelor? Like, we're just this rotating circus of a, of a club who, if you look in our history, and you and you read off our history, you would go, that's not Manchester United. They don't look like United. They don't play like United. The news doesn't sound like United. It's a complete 180 of what we were, what we fell off, came back to become dominance. We're nowhere near that. So, um, nope, I'm not a rubbernecker. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward because I don't want to see anything disgusting. Um, but with this, this sport that I love, I want to watch it because, again, you know, go back to Klopp. Even go back to our guy. Even go back to Sir Alex Ferguson. It didn't start very well. And actually, they actually had signs in the stands that said sacking. That's a real thing. You can look it up. Um, and then he wound up being the greatest manager of all time. So I'm going to give the guy time. I'm going to let these guys who are doing recruitment, this is their first year of doing it under Ten Hag. I'm going to let them recruit. And I'm going to cheer for my team, and I'm going to talk crap about players that don't play well, and I'm going to talk crap about the manager if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I'm forever Glazers out. So that's where I'm at with it, man. I'm, you know, hopefully things go better than I think they will, but I got a feeling I actually want to go down to the bar and watch this game. I got a feeling this is going to be worse than, than last week. I got, a, I got a strange feeling it's going to be bad. But let's hope. Here's. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two one United. Uh, we're gonna give a goal early, and then we're gonna nick a goal, two goals in the second half. And if you're right, if Ronaldo does play towards the end of the match, I think he'll be involved in one of that. I'm a little more optimistic than you, uh, just because of the fact that it is Brentford, but Brentford does play a better defense. I think they'll park the bus, and let's hopefully we can break that down in some way or another. Um, but if what you're saying is true, if the train wreck is coming, riots, I would, and if, if you want the Glazers out fast enough, we lose to Brentford on EC's prediction at 3-1 and Manchester, the red half of Manchester just burns down to the ground. Not literally, not figuratively, not literally guys, please don't uh, start any, any fires, but um, I think that's gonna. I think that will. You know, that will be crazy if it happens. Because especially for the Liverpool match, if the planned protests happen, uh, we will. Uh, it'll be very interesting what's going on. But <laughs> you see, uh, thanks for a great pod. Um, we'll see you next week after the Brentford match to see uh, what goes on. And I know you have uh, some place to be, so thank you very much. Take care and have a good week. Man, great pod. That was awesome. Um, I wish it would have been on better circumstances, but listen, I always have a great time. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back again. Hopefully we're talking. Hopefully I am, have so much egg on my face. 
on Wednesday that I I can't even see straight. But man, <laughs> I just I I'm just gonna hope for the best. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. See you next week. And look at Diaz. Where yet? I'm a legend here, I can't look at all the television's in here